This is E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune, where we bring you in-house expertise that serves all energy sectors. We examine emerging financial and technology trends and provide a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. Hello, I'm Tyler Kern. Welcome to E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune. 2019 and 2020 have provided a litany of challenges for upstream companies in the oil and gas industry. And joining me to discuss these challenges and the path forward is John Eccles, partner at Opportune. John, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to talk to me today. Glad to do it. John, let's start off on the topic of reserve-based loans. So tell me a little bit more about what these are and how they're having an impact on lenders throughout the industry. Well, reserve-based loans or RBLs have been a an enduring feature of finance for oil and gas companies for a very long time. And they have been, you know, they sit at the top of the capital stack and they are highly collateralized. They generally have a first lien on substantially all the oil and gas properties. And so they're, they've been seen as highly secured. They're, that market has been, you know, competitive. And because they're highly secured and they sit at the top of the capital stack, they have been generally low low interest relative to other other loans in the stack, and you know, what we see now in the in the market is just a, a fundamental change in that outlook because of market conditions, uh, both in the commodity price environment as well as the capital market environment. Right, right. So when we when we talk a little bit more about some of the factors that have contributed to this challenging time and, and the factors that have cr- contributed to what's going on with reverse ba- reserve-based loans, um, talk me through some of those factors and, and, and how this has been such a challenging time for upstream companies. Well, I, I think I would really start, you know, almost, almost really in the 15-16 in the cycle when, when we had a, a, a downturn, really mm. when we first fell from $100 a barrel went down to 28 for a while and, and then came back. You know, there, there were a number of restructurings that occurred in that cycle, but a, a number of people were able to weather that either through, you know, good operations, uh, restructuring or re, rejiggering their, their maturities. Uh, but it, as we entered into probably late 2019, the, the market had another little fall, I think probably down in the mid 40 range. And it, and, it, and it just seemed to break the back of the capital markets. And uh, mm-hmm. by that, I mean the, the, the oil and gas companies' access to liquidity and, and, and new debt issuances or their ability to roll over maturities just sort of stopped. A lot of people just had other things they could do with their money in the market. And so you, you begin to see in the first part of 2020, people with pending maturities that, that just really couldn't couldn't deal with them because there was no access to capital. Mm-hmm. So lack of capital access has, you know, started all of this. And then I, and then I think uh, the, the second factor obviously has been commodity price. And we talk about it in detail, but really the, the starting with the OPEC plus disagreements that led to a price fall followed by COVID, you know, it has really soured the, the commodity price in the near term. And, um, uh, so those those two factors have, have just fundamentally changed the, the financial outlook for oil and gas upstream companies. 
Can we talk a little bit more about that OPEC disagreement before COVID even hit? I think a lot of people have maybe forgotten about that since the impact of, of COVID-19 has been so drastic. But, you know, that, w- that was the thing that compounded upon something that was already going on, right? So can we talk a little bit more about the OPEC situation and, and that disagreement and the impact that it had before COVID-19 even really came about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, so you know, we, we, we did have a little price movement downward in uh, late Q4. But then uh, in, in the spring, when I think Russia and Saudi Arabia in particular couldn't come to agreement on, on production output, it sent prices into a, into a tumble on crude. And that was, you know, it obviously had very deleterious effects. Uh, people had hedges in place to offset some of that, but it certainly, you know, compounded the, the resistance of the capital markets to to provide funding for these oil and gas companies. So, uh, again, you know, if people had upcoming maturities, and you had to turn to the market and tell them a story about rolling that maturity over or issuing new debt, it, it was just very difficult. So you saw people began to. Uh, try to do exchange offers in which they would exchange maturing debt for debt of a later maturity or even to equitize some of that debt to just delever the company. And not saying all, but but largely those exchange offer ideas sort of failed. And, and, And that was really before COVID hit. Right. And then, of course, COVID did hit and, you know, we we saw the impact there. So how did COVID come in and really build on those problems that were already there and maybe compound the issues that the industry was already having? Well, you know, you know, price is always a function of supply and demand. If you think about the OPEC plus disagreement, you know, really was a situation involving oversupply for a given market. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, what COVID did was destroy the demand side. So at the same time, you had, uh, you know, supply issues, oversupply issues coming out of OPEC plus the COVID lockdown really destroyed demand. And, you know, we all watch the news. We all have seen the impact on people commuting. But, you know, the, the system is highly, you know, our, our refining and marketing system is highly integrated. And so when you start doing things like turning off the airlines, you know, you reach points where people literally had no place to put product. You can change the output of a refinery some, but at some point you've got to make some jet fuel. So, you know, with with jet fuel going nowhere because the airlines weren't flying, the refiners began to, you know, cut down their yields, cut down their production, and, and then the whole system began to back up. And I think, I think we're past it now, but there, there was a period where we, we literally thought that the, you know, the pipeline and storage facilities in this country were going to top out. And so, you know, while, while OPEC plus had a, had a bad effect on, or was a representative oversupply, you know, COVID hit it the other direction by destroying demand. And again, that, that's a little better now, but frankly, you know, we, we still have a lot of people not working and not flying. And so demand and just both U.S. and global, it's just not there. Yeah, when you hit both supply and demand, it's hard for an industry to, to continue to operate at the, at the levels that they were. 
before those sorts of things happen. And so it was kind of a, you know, a, a hit to both sides of that, of that equation. So from your perspective, what are the short and long-term outlooks for the industry, given everything that's transpired with COVID-19 and then also the OPEC situation? Kind of g- give me your, your outlooks on, uh, on both the short-term and the long-term, uh, given these, these, these challenges that the industry has been facing. Well, look, your guess is good as mine with respect to, you know, how fast uh, the, the U.S. and the global economy starts to rebound following the removal of the lockdowns. Uh, but, but it's going to take some time for the demand side to, to get back to some normal. Mm. You know, will, will commuting come back first? Will... The airlines follow. Will they ever get back? So, so that you know, the, the long-term demand effect is is talked about every day, right? Um, you know, whether people will, you know, work more from home. Will people put people into offices on an A and B basis for a longer period of time? So, so I think you know, in, with respect to the lockdown and the depressed demand side. You know, I think people have to take pause as whether or not, you know, say through the end of the year, there's really going to be much increased pressure on the uh, on the demand side. The vagaries of OPEC, I, I, I think that's above my pay grade. But, you know, at least at least at this point, you know, I think all the producers in the world are feeling the same pain with respect to price. Uh, whether or not that leads to, you know, a larger agreement on the OPEC side, I don't know. I will say you, you, you've seen significant changes in the U.S. with producers uh, lowering their capital spend and their outlook for spending and drilling, whether they've cut it to zero or, in the case of some of the larger companies, cut it substantially. So, so you're you're not going to be drilling anytime soon. Certainly not in the in the in the vein we are were call it in. 16, 17, or 17, 18. But, you know, if you think of that through, then, you know, you, you, you also plant the seeds for another cycle, right? Because oil and gas properties in the U.S., I'll say, you know, they have a limited life. And so every month and every quarter and every year that drilling declines, then these wells age and their production declines kick in. And at some point, we get to uh, a rebalance situation where people need to start drilling again, and that's going to have a good effect on price. But I think all of that is sort of out there. I don't know if that's 2021, uh, but I doubt if it's going to happen in 2020. Sure, sure. And, and you're right that you have the experience and the, the knowledge to know that um, markets like this are cyclical and, and you've seen downturns before. And so you, you have that experience and that knowledge just to know, you know, that this is something that, that happens in the industry. So from your perspective, what's your advice for a path forward for upstream companies? What kind of things would you would you suggest that they do or, you know, what knowledge should they have to weather this period? Well, I tell you, it's 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 difficult. You know, the, 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 the base advice is something everybody knows, which is you have to live within your means and you have to live within your means today. And look, if, if you think about the DNA of an oil and gas company, they're built to drill, right? It's what they like to do. It's what they're paid to do. They're successful when they do it well. So to say to a 
upstream company, you don't need to drill. You can't drill. Uh, it's really, you know, against the DNA of the company. But, you know, the reality is that there, there is very limited or no access to capital. And the price of, of our core commodity, and crude at least, is so weak that many of the things you'd like to drill probably aren't economic. So, you know, if you turn that inward and say, what does that mean? It means you're going to have to live within your means, whether it's how you spend your capital or whether you spend any capital or not. It also means when you look at your staffing, your G&A costs, um, and, you know, this is, this is painful. It's painful because it involves people, people you hired and uh, people you, that have talent. Uh, but I think you, you really have to look at what 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 levels of staffing should you have and can you afford in the near term, and that that's very difficult, uh, both both from the DNA standpoint and just in terms of dealing with people you know and love. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point and a really challenging thing to have to think through for for people in this industry. And I'm curious, just from your perspective, as we as we discuss, you know, just the context of you know the the situation that's going on right now, both with OPEC and COVID nineteen. How does this particular downturn maybe compare to previous that you've seen in your career? You know, how is it similar and how is it different? Well, you know, the most recent case of flu that you had is always your worst one, right? But I will say that, you know, I've been in the business world since 1980. This one's particularly harsh. And it's it's harsh uh, in a couple of respects. One is, I think, you know, it comes on the heels uh, of a downturn in 15 and 16 that we sort of thought we had weathered. And, and, and usually our problems have stemmed from oversupply. This, this one has you know, as we discussed, an oversupply factor and an under-demand factor. And that, that I think, is, you know, we, none of us have ever seen this. None of us have ever seen the, the, the world economy shut down. And so I, I, I guess that's to answer your question. I think, I think it's particularly harsh. If we all rebound like we like, maybe the under-demand piece of this goes away quicker uh, or quickly, and that would be great. Uh, we've dealt with oversupply problems before, but this under other, under demand issue is is really is really noisome. Right, right. Well, these are certainly unique times that we are that we're seeing, and it's it's caused a lot of um, a, a lot of challenges to come around for the oil and gas industry and for upstream companies. And so, John Eccles, partner at Opportune, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today about these challenges and about what's going on in the industry, and maybe uh, you know give some advice for the path forward. So, John, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Tyler, so glad to do it, and I hope you're well. I hope you were well as well. Thank you so much, John. And everybody, thank you for listening to E2B Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune. We appreciate you listening to this episode very much. Make sure you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days. That way you can stay up to date and get more news and insight from the oil and gas industry and uh, more insight like what you just heard from John. We'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.